Like it was just pure animalistic. Get it, get it not done. The, not the sound. <laughs> just getting it done. That's why this is a multimedia podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. This week, TikTok did not lead us wrong, but um, before we get into Enemies by Tehan, I know is it is there like a Spanish flair? Is it Tehan? Is it Tegan? Is it Tijan? I have no idea. Y'all know I can't pronounce anything. Should we just Tijan? say P? Yeah, we'll just say T. P. <laughs> but before we get into it, Sav, how are you doing? I'm slowly rejoining society after a weekend in New Orleans, which is soul crushing, but that's fine. I have to tell you about Seth and I went out on Bourbon Street on Friday night, and I have to tell you about this fun experience that we had. First of all, Seth had never been to Bourbon Street, so we went to dinner, and I said, Hey, like, I'm excited for Bourbon Street, but I'm scared of the number of snakes because they have like the people with the fucking like boa in no I don't do snakes and we were with a couple friends that just happened to be in New Orleans at the same time as us so we like had friends which was fun and we're like halfway down the street and she's like I think you're full of shit I haven't seen any snakes Emily 12 snakes on Bourbon Street like big ass motherfucking snakes it's a no No, thank you it's a no no thank you so I was terrified by that so I was wasted but I was alert (laughs) I was wasted on the lookout for snakes so we went to a couple bars had a lot of fun Seth and I somehow ended up on a balcony which I have never been on on Bourbon Street before which was like a whole new experience but then we get in the Uber to go home and Seth was so drunk that he started talking in an Australian accent Drunk Seth is my favorite version of Seth. This man is so funny when he's drunk. So committed to the bit. He was Australian the whole way home. And I was like really struggling. I was like, oh my God. Like, how am I supposed to carry this conversation <laughs> with this Australian? She was like, where do you all live? And I just froze and didn't say anything for like 15 <laughs> I wish we had the podcast when it was dingus mcgee date night and listen seth is so quiet like i would say like 60 70 percent of the time but you get like three vodka red bulls in this man and i'm like who are you (laughs) so he was australian on the way home which is so fucking funny and then you know we love doing edibles and going to the aquarium in cities that we visited we did indeed do edibles and go to the aquarium in new orleans and they had a sea turtle which brought me to tears i was so excited to see the sea turtle it was so fucking cool so that was my fun weekend had to tell you about my sweet australian husband but how are you i love that i'm good so deviated sometimes getting fixed this week and i just cannot wait to be powerful like i can't wait to just like be able to smell everything and like breathe normally and then I need to talk about the low rise jeans, like skirt trends. Like I, I can't like I can't all these girly, like it's, I see that it's a trend coming back and I, I refuse. I legitimately refuse. I can't like, I can't live through this trauma again. <laughs> like I've healed no. and I can't go back. I'm not about to spend $90 on jeans where everything is just out. Do you know how hard it was being a chubby kid in the year 2006? Like, I cannot do this again. No. And I'm telling you, like, I am very much, I will wear jeans if I have to, but I'm wearing flare, like, yoga pants. Like, I'm doing that in the fall. I'm not wearing, like, the the long jean denim skirt trend. I would look like a pilgrim. Oh, my God. I look straight out of Utah. Like, it's not cute. <laughs> I tried. I really tried. I look straight like a pilgrim. I look fucking ridiculous in a long denim skirt. 
here's the deal. I am a jeans girly. I want us to have our 2016 resurgence. I want to wear skinny jeans that make this ass look fat. I want to put an Anastasia brow dip back on my face and I want a Kylie lip kit and I might want to wear a choker. Like that's where I'm at in life. I want to listen to One Dance by Drake in my skinny fucking jeans with a choker on. I know. I want to like go out. Mm. <laughs> I want to go out. I guess you have to like multiple bars, but I, I want to go out. Okay. Well, you can come on down, visit me and I will take you out perfect but no I can't I feel really bad for girls that are in college right now because I feel like you look like fucking clowns <laughs> well that's the thing like we went to like a southern school and game days back then were stressful as fuck because people dressed to the nines for game day I love the oversized jersey with some cowboy boots look but you couldn't do that every game day but now I see for like for like thousand dollars being spent on game day outfits do you remember we swear the like the what do they call it started with a p oh my god pico dresses (gasps) pico (laughs) oh what a time like we would just throw one of those on you know what they're doing now that kills me is the like the like miami alex earl has really like made Miami popular you know what I mean yes and like the shit that girls be wearing to Miami football games that's not happening in my life anytime soon they're wearing like a string bikini and calling it a day yeah first of all my thighs would chafe I can't do that (laughs) no 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 I can't I advise a Florida sorority and sometimes like I adore them. I adore their sweet souls. But sometimes I'm like, what the fuck are y'all wearing? Like, I could not fit in with y'all. Like, you're well, that's so the thing. cool. I'm so intimidated. When, I, when I'm on a campus and I see, like, what the younger, like, girls are wearing, and it's, like, mini skirts and platform sandals to class, just casually on a Tuesday. I am wearing platform sandals, but I'm not wearing mini skirts. But nobody's wearing the oversized t-shirt and short look. It was a time in history that we were a part of and I'm forever thankful I agree Alex Earl's podcast comes out today I am so excited for Alex yeah I will be watching absolutely yeah I just think that she's so cool like listen I'm not gonna hate on Alex Earl no if there's one person left on earth it is an Alex Earl fan and it is me exactly like she literally set up like a scholarship fund for her for at Miami yeah slay and I people have been talking about that she's doing like people have been speculating that she's doing a reality show for her family I will watch every episode well she even posted the other night in one of her TikToks she was like I know everyone's been speculating this and like it would be fun but my siblings are kids like yeah I'm not gonna subject them to anything like they are children and that's not fair to them they should have a normal childhood like that is a slay it is I would love, I don't know what I have to do in my life, but I would love to be invited to New York Fashion Week. Same, but I don't want to like actually go to the fashion events, I don't think. No, I just want to get dressed up. This goes back to how I always wanted to go to a gala. I, but they are going to like, do you follow Hannah Harrell on TikTok? She's my favorite beauty influencer. Um, Let me go see. I don't think so. She just was wearing like cool ass shit, like not even like gowns and like gala stuff she just looked fucking cool you said hannah oh no i do follow her she wore this dress yes the sparkle yes 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 yes. i do follow her um i follow this girl that is a d influencer and she really has been saving me some money what does she d influenced you from these aritzia Oh, that I was never going to be influenced into Aritzia, I don't think. Yeah, she influenced me from Aritzia and then from Dolce Vita shoes. Oh, she tried to did she try to de influence people from getting like any kind of UGG and like platform? And I was like, I have two sitting on I my. Will, I will not be adhering to that. <laughs> I've gotten a pair of UGGs every Christmas since I was in seventh grade. Okay, I have a fucking collection over here. What color are your nails? 
They're like a gray. I like that color. Thank you. I did them the other day. This is my at-home gel kit. I think I'm going to do brown next. I can't do brown because it looks like you got shit on your fingers. (laughs) (laughs) No, what color am I going to do now? Don't like a dark brown. You cannot have dark brown on your fingers. <laughs> Look like Dookie. I have light right now. Like yeah, I decided pink. it was time for fall. I might do like a dark red wine. And then I think I'm going to oh. cut my hair short. Yeah, I'm going to the hair salon this weekend because we're getting all this blonde taken out. Yeah, I'm going October something. My guy. So if you're in the Dunwoody area, I go to Patrick at Looking Good Hair Salon. I know I've said this before. If you go anywhere in the Dunwoody, Brookhaven, Chambly area, it is like $150 for you to get like a woman's cut. If you get it washed, he washes shampoo, dry style, everything, $40 without tip. Is Patrick Asian? Have we had this conversation before? I think we have. No, he's not Asian. He's like, Mm. he's like a bigger, like gay man. Okay. But he is like straight out the door, $40 without tip. I, when I go to the hair salon in Atlanta, I go off Buford Highway to the beautiful Asian community of Dunwoody. That shit is so cheap and they are so good at doing your hair. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't do $200 if like there's not any color in my hair. No, that's crazy. Yep. I got to cover up these grays because these bitches be trying me. (laughs) Now my hair is gray. Should we talk about what we've been reading? Yes, because I have two this week. Oh, she's on the move. So I finished King of Pride, and I hate to say this because I love Anna Wang, but I'm giving it 1.5 stars. It was awful. It was so dry. The characters had zero personality. And, like, there's nothing more I hate than when a character, like, Isabel in the book has to write, like, a book, but every page is her complaining how she can't get anything done with the book or write the book. It's like, girl, like it's just zero personality. It was like pulling teeth. And mm-hmm. then I finished the book that we're covering today. And it was just, this wasn't Anna's best work. It wasn't. No, not my favorite at all. What have you been reading? I read this book. I'm about to go on a bender of this author and read all their stuff because I loved this book obviously we're going to talk about it but I really liked the writing I liked the story development so I think that's where I'm headed next I finished Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets on audiobook and now I'm on Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban so that's my fun like fall activity and then I finished Cross My Heart and Break My Rules which are both by Roxy Sloan I don't know how no one has ever talked about this author or series to me before. Slay. It's so good. This is the Dark Academia book that I posted on the pod Instagram story. Like, it's secret society. It is a little mystery. It is very spicy. It has rich people friends. So I would recommend. It has like. It's called Cross My Heart by Roxy Sloan. It has like literally 200 reviews on Amazon. So nobody is reading this book and I don't understand why. And I think y'all should. I'm going to put you on. Cross My Heart. And she has like a million fucking books and none of them really have like gained any traction. Oh, and there's three in the series. Yes. So every relationship has, it's like a series. So the first book ends on a cliffhanger. The second book ends on a cliffhanger. You know they're in the Amazon cart. <laughs> and they're on Kindle Unlimited. I'm just like, why is somebody reading this woman? She's fantastic. Okay, perfect. So yeah, in the Amazon cart. I think that's where I'm I'm gonna finish the series up and then I'm going to read a little bit more of tea. I'm thinking, oh, and I also have Things We Left Behind by Lucy Score. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go to next. People are saying that this is like the hottest one of the series, which I am excited about. Yeah, um, I have that one. So I think that that's going to be my lineup. So I got God of ruin by rena kent so that's like i have that downloaded too so that one so this is like the major psychopath yeah and so this is like the second generation of the book we read um last week and like i have read all of them so i have that so i think i want to do because what am i going to do when i'm recovering from surgery so i'm going to read 
I think I'm, I'm just going to go Lucy Score, Rena, and Reed Chantel. And then I got this book. It's not Spice, but it's um by Dolly something. It's like what I know about. Oh, so I got, yeah. So I got that book in like a hard copy because Barnes and Noble was having like a, like a sale. So I got that. And I think that I am going to try to read those four books. Yeah. It's like, hold on, let me look it up. It's like everything I know about love, right? Yeah. Have you read it? No, but I want to. We should read it together. We should. Yeah. Everything I know about love by Dolly Alderton. Yeah. So I got that as, um, because I just decided to do the Barnes and Noble membership. Oh, yeah. I bought, so I bought like three books and the girl was like, honestly, if you just spend like nine more dollars, it just like covers itself. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because if you are a college girly, a lot of college campuses, their bookstores are Barnes and Noble. So you get your textbooks like discounted. Oh, I've been had the Barnes and Noble membership. I feel like we've talked about this on the pod before. I thought you had it. No, I've never had it. And so I just decided just to do it. Also, if you get another book, it pays for itself. Girl math. <laughs> yep. So, and I got a free, I got like a really cute free tote bag. because they're. Oh my God. Yeah. Girl so. math. <laughs> exactly. Like what would it take for me to join a cult? I don't know. A bit of good merch, a tote bag, maybe a t-shirt. I'm in. <laughs> um. So some of you guys know, so I study um like, security and terrorism and we were talking about like terrorist recruitment and this guy was like yeah terrorist recruitment is like sorority recruitment and he was using his boy math to try to like make the two like similar and I'm the only person in like my whole cohort I think my whole like department that was like in like a Greek organization and I was like the boy mathing is not boy mathing let's keep the math to the girls I don't think terrorists are doing door stacks and singing chants sir (laughs) no Don't fucking no. boy math doesn't make sense. No, boy math is stupid. <laughs> girl math. I was girl mathing Seth this weekend because <laughs> I don't remember what. Oh, you know how when you go to a hotel and they're like, oh, like we're going to take this. This is 250 charge, but it'll come off when you check out. Yeah. Oh my God, Seth, we have 250 free dollars. <laughs> like, That's not how that works. I'm like, no, it is yeah, how it, it works. Is. Yeah. It's literally free. And we had these concert tickets that I bought in like November of last year. That's a free concert. We paid for oh, it yeah. months ago. Oh, yeah. When I go to Zach Bryan and next year, free. Free. Completely free. Okay. So getting into this book. So T is a New York Times bestselling author that writes suspenseful and unpredictable novels. Her characters are strong, intense, and gut-wrenchingly real with a little bit of sass on the side. She has written multi-bestsellers, including the Fallen Crest series, Ryan's Bed, Teardrop Shot, and the Jaded series. Today, we meet Dusty and Stone in the roller coaster story and enemies. Honestly, I have never heard of this author, but if you go on her website, she has like 100 books. I don't know how she has been such an underrated author. I am about to go on a bender and read all of them. I love Because I was just like shocked. Yeah. And then the dedication was really sweet. It was, I have a cousin named Dusty. He is nothing like the female Dusty in this book. And he did not inspire this character. I did not name her Dusty because of my cousin Dusty, but because I know my cousin. This book is dedicated to him. There you go. Bragging rights, dud. Though it wasn't that cousin in the family who tailgated a cop and got a ticket. Wholesome. Very wholesome. Okay, getting into this week's plot review. There is a lot. So, Dusty is following her dreams after the heartbreak of losing her mom and somewhat losing herself. So she heads to Texas to start school in hopes of becoming a marine biologist. She only knows one other person in her new city, Stone Reeves, the widely popular receiver for the NFL team, who just so happens to be her enemy for good reason. As kids, she and Stone were inseparable, but suddenly in middle school, he wanted nothing to do with her, which is bad enough until you learn that Stone's family ousted hers, firing her dad and leaving them without money or health insurance as Dusty's mom died of cancer. After her mom's death, She swore to hate Stone and his family forever. 
As Dusty is trying to settle into her new life, Stone Reeves busts back into it to tell her that her father and stepmother were killed in a tragic accident and to take care of her after she's in her own accident. And as Stone stops everything to take care of her, Dusty struggles to hate him as much as she swore she would. This story has it all. College settings, sports, enemies to lovers, forced proximity, emotional range, spice, and found family. So I'm giving this four and a half stars. There was just something missing and I can't quite place what it was, but I just felt like something was missing, but I really did love this book. I love the dynamic of the household and how the dynamic grew and changed as the story progressed and the girls and guy like in the house started to get like really protective over Dusty. So not only was Dusty and Stone going through this like personal net character development, but so were the side characters. I don't know if this is a series. Do you know if this is a series? I don't think it is. I think it's a standalone. But if she wanted to make this into a series, everything was perfectly set up. Like it was just a good like world, but also perfect as a standalone. Dusty was such a badass female man character and my heart hurt for her so badly. I did not expect her dad and Gail dying at all. When Stone came, I was like, no fucking way. And then when she got into the car accident, I was like, this is just so much. This was one of those books where I was like, how much can one person go through? Like, yeah. How much can one person take? But like, but it was like realistic shit that happened. Yeah. And I was just like, poor Dusty girl. Stone was a top tier main, like male main character. And I truly believe that he loved Dusty from the start. Like he always loved Dusty. Um, But I also felt bad for Stone because he did not know how much his family fucking sucked. But him going toe-to-toe with his dad and making his dad pay for everything and Dusty's, like, college was God-tier behavior. Absolutely. I love the conversations surrounding grief and just not being okay. Like, when Dusty was making lists of, like, what she was going to do and if she, like, didn't get to it, she, like, forgave herself. And she was like, oh, I'll just move out to tomorrow. Like, Dusty's grief was, like, very realistic. And I appreciate that the author didn't, like, rush Dusty's, like, grief process. Like, there would even be times where, like, Dusty would be like, wow, I'm happy. And then she'd be like, fuck, I shouldn't be happy. So, like, it was just very realistic. The cookbooks wrecked me. Yes. One of the notes was, I think this was the last note. Yes. The mom wrote in the cookbook. She said, life is short. Live, forgive, and I will be watching over both of you and Dusty. All the love, Sherry. All the love. All the love. That fucking wrecked me. Like, him being the first one to know, like, like her telling him like that she's dying like he was the first one like the cookbooks just wrecked me and like the fact that like he actually had somebody like cooking those meals like I said earlier I like the dynamic of the friends changing and them being welcoming of her like when she was like started cooking all the meals for them like she wouldn't even eat herself like one of the guys nacho was like let us care okay he was like it's like the fact that like they went from being like really mean to her and I understand why but, like, there were no reason to be bitches. But I liked the dynamic. And then I just think that Stone cared for Dusty in the most beautiful way. So when we got his POV, he goes, she needed sleep, not me. I was fucking wired. This asshole, some asshole hurt my girl because that's what she was, mine. And, like, that was just really sweet. I loved this. I gave this five stars. I loved Dusty. I loved Stone. And I loved every single side character in this and thought that they all played such an important role in the story. Dusty could be an absolute bitch. And I really enjoyed her more for it. Stone was a motherfucking king. And I want to worship at his altar. (laughs) The friendships, the house, the community. So many complex and dynamic relationships were developing in this story. And I really just enjoyed watching it all come together. You touch on this a little bit, but the conversations about grief and the way that Dusty talks about her grief was really good. So at one point she says, grief is a right bastard, sneaks up on you and blasts you, hits you, pounds you, and leaves you wrecked. There's a moment of peace. You never know how long it could last. Minutes, hours, or days. You're starting to believe you can do this, and then the bastard comes back and knocks you over. So I just think that like that was really well said. Stone was so bossy. He was so bossy and I loved him. Um, So I have a lot of things to say about how bossy he was and I will 
I will say those now. So he picks her up from the hospital and takes her back to his house after they get in an all out fucking brawl about it. And he's eating. And he says, when was the last time you ate? She says, when did that feeding tube get pulled out of me? That was the last time I ate. And he said, eat now. She says, I'm not hungry. He cuts her off, says, I don't give a shit. You don't eat. You'll end up right back in the hospital. I, for one, am sick of picking of picking you up there. The nurses get more forward <laughs> each time I go there. He was just, like, so bossy and, like, hot. He was so hot. It was just. I'm in love with this man. So hot. At the hospital when he says, she'll stay with me. And she goes to argue. And he just says, all your shit's already been moved. <laughs> He didn't stutter. He didn't stutter. Not at all. And the money conversation too, when she's like, how much did everything cost? And she like, won't let it go. And he says, you're going to freak the fuck out when I answer you, but I don't even care. Want to know about the costs? There are none. Want to know why? Because I fucking paid for everything. I would fold like a fucking ping pong table. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, like, I'd be like, no arguments here. Okay. Sounds good. And then when he picks her up at the library, cause she's having a full blown panic attack and all those people are like videoing them and asking her questions. And he like looks at them and says, you don't direct questions at her. The way he took care of her was really beautiful and he didn't necessarily do it well. <laughs> like he was trying his best. And I think that that made it better. It made it feel like more raw and genuine when he finds out about the stalker and approaches one of the other guys. As one of the quarterbacks that goes into the room and bangs on the door. Yes. He's like literally laying in bed. She's asleep. He's like, fuck, I can't just leave her here. I need to figure out what to do. So he goes upstairs to the other quarterback and says, are you QB one? And the guy sits up and is like, yeah, in his fucking girlfriend's room. And he says, um, that's why she came down here, a stalker. And the guy is all just like staring at him and is like serious. He says, You're here. You're here when I can't be. That piece of shit is dead, and there might be others. Her name, her face, it's getting out there, and she's mine. And I'm not keeping quiet about that anymore. She's going to get more attention, more focus, and that brings hater. Bitch, catty women, and dirty perv assholes. Sick fucks too. She and I haven't talked. She doesn't know the links I'm going to, but I'm going to them. If she stays here and if she chooses, I'll be here most nights, but I'm going to try and get her to my house. But if she stays, you're on duty. Got it? And the girlfriend is like, no. And he's like, got it. That's what I love about, like, I like almost like the guys better than I like the girls in the house. Yeah. Because the guys were just so nice, so protective. Like, one was even, like, when I think it was Mia that was, like, kept shit talking. And, like, her boyfriend was like, this is not the Mia I fell in love with. Yeah. I loved that. So. Also, the thing about the stalking rape of her wanting to be a marine biologist and she stared at the little dolphin statue as she was being assaulted and she said that they protected her and so she wants to protect them i was in I'm a done for like done for like that was so beautiful and so fucking sad but the way that she like found purpose i don't and it got her through it i don't know that was just like really raw and beautiful to me i think so too when he finally says that he loves her, he says, I fucking love you so much that it's ripping me apart, knowing that knowing what you went through, knowing I couldn't be there to take some of that pain away. I wish I could go back in time, but I can't. All I can do is make it up to you from here on out today and forward. I'm telling you, he was in love with her since childhood because no man who was you can't tell me because he purposely went to the grocery store the same time her mom was there. No man that's not in love would ever do that. No, he was. And he he basically confesses it. Yeah. Like they were enemies. This is my last point. So I'm glad that you said this. They were enemies because he ignored her. But he basically says like, I knew that I wanted to play professional football and I wanted to get out of the shit life that I felt like I was in. Like he was like, yes, I had privilege and we had money, but there was no love in my house. And I knew that because I'd been a part of your house and I saw how much love and like acceptance was in your family and so knowing you and knowing how much I cared for you in the fucking sixth grade you were the only thing that could have taken this one dream away from me and like that meant more to me at the time than you did and honestly that's selfish but I think that that's real 
that is so with my brother so david plays baseball and like we literally will play like have games like dirt roads 15 minutes until you get to the baseball field and there's some like players from the other teams that are like this is our only way out of our small town yeah is like doing this but like i like you know the invisible string theory Stone mm-hmm. and Dusty are invisible strength. They were always, I personally think that they were always going to find their way back to each other. Yeah. And I think like, I think that we shit on people for being selfish, especially like, oh my God, people call millennials selfish all the time. Cause we just like, don't want to do the shit that our parents did to us. But like, I don't think it's selfish to, cause she didn't, ru- he didn't ruin her life. She was in the sixth grade. Like shit happened yeah. to her after that could have been easier if he was a part of it. Yes. But it's not like he vent- was vengeance filled and like actually ruined her life. He was selfish and he came back to her and he took care of her when it mattered. And I think that that is like good. Like, I think that that yeah. makes honorable. Like he literally could have just like, Hey, your parents died. That's it. Deuces. He moved her in. All the appointments paid for everything the tickets for her stepbrother like he went above he literally stayed like at the house and there was like a college party and he was this like superstar like he could have just like peaced out and like not gave a shit yes and i think that he was always going to like be a part of her life like yeah strength theory like they would have come back together somehow but he was there for her when it mattered and like that because he wasn't even there when her mom died you know no like he didn't live there it's not his fucking fault yeah not his fault his family sucks yeah and it's not his fault that he like did everything he could to leave that environment yeah not me like defending this man to the death (laughs) no that's something i like about this book like it like it wasn't just like a spice like there was a good plot like it kind of like it got you thinking yeah agreed the spice was spicing I gave this a pepper and a half I think or maybe I also gave it a pepper and a half okay I do think there could have been more spice however I'm not mad about what we got because we got Mm -hmm. so much plot that it was almost just like a little like extra when we got spice I agree when stone reeves for me personally can get it any day of the week any which way he would like it when they start out just absolutely using each other and he's like addicted to her as they are hate fucking, I was gobbling that shit up so good. She says, a hand on the headboard above me and he began pissing inside me as if this round was all about him. He wasn't giving it to me anymore. This was all him, animals, both of us. He came with the roar at the same time I did and he fell down on me, both of our bodies shuddering. Top tier. He was liberating. He was thrilling. He made me feel confident and sexy. And I was addicted to every time he was inside of me. (sighs) Me too, dusty girl. Okay. So I also get one of hot peppers. So she says, his hand came up, grabbing my hair and he yanked. His hip surged against mine. So fucking forceful. So wild and out of control. Exactly how I needed this to be. And this was after she went to his game. Like her family was, um, her stepbrother was there. And she goes, then I felt a hand sliding around my waist and I was being pulled into a sweaty and smelly chest. But damn, it was a delicious sweaty and smelly chest. Stone bent down, burying his face into my neck. Fuck, you feel good. And then he was bringing her to the stadium. He was bringing her to the stadium. And she goes, I started for the guest area, but he caught the back of my jeans. You're good. You look hot anyway. So yes, the spice was minimal, but... It was still hot. Like, the actions were still hot. Yeah. This was also a book, because, like, when we are highlighting spice scenes, we normally are doing, like, dialogue. This was a book where they were fucking a lot, but they weren't necessarily talking as they were having sex. Yeah. Like, it was just pure... Animalistic. Get it done. Get it done. Not to to sound. (laughs) Just getting it done. That's why this is a multimedia podcast. (laughs) (laughs) okay i have a couple of discussion questions because i feel really passionately about this one who was worse mia or siobhan okay you know that tiktok sound where it's like oh i love this question i have been waiting i've been fucking 
Saban is, has to be like one of the worst friends in the history of out of all the books that we read. Because what the fuck was her problem? Oh, because Dude. Dusty, this is my thing. Friends don't, I don't think friends personally, it's a past shot, but friends don't get, <laughs> friends can't get mad at you for not disclosing aspects of your personal life. This is touching <laughs> a nerve for sweet baby. Like, everybody is allowed to like have like their privacy. So Dusty literally came to the town. She didn't know anybody. She got lucky that there was an empty room. It just happened to be in like the football player's girlfriend's house. And okay, she was in a coma. Her parents died. Panic attacks. What the fuck does Saban want? Yeah. And like Mia became better. Like she was still like low-key a bitch, but like she started to become protective. She was like, I would have like punched that guy. Like she started to become protective. But, like, the fact that, like, Sivan, like, didn't even, like, Tyler could only wave to Dusty if Sivan wasn't there. No, Sivan had to be, like, one of the worst side characters out of all the books that we have read. Truly, I'm so mad because I thought that, like, they started off with so much potential for Siobhan. And then you, like, find out that she's just this, like, kind of insecure bitch. And I just didn't think that that was fair. Dusty had been through the fucking ringer the last yes. thing she deserved was some bitch being weird around her because she was like accidentally fucking her childhood best friend who happens to be famous and i stopped liking Sivan when remember she invited dusty over for girls night and she's like there's margaritas you can spend the night but then like she was giving like her and her roommate were giving dusty like weird like vibes and stuff so like dusty left and i think that's a really fucking shitty thing to do you're inviting somebody over letting them drink and saying they could spend the night but then end up like kicking them out at night like, I think that's so fucking rude and shitty to do right even if they're like a little weird and they go and scream off your balcony like shit happens it's fine yeah whatever yes. so like and that's the thing it's like dust like you said went through the ringer she's trying to figure all this stuff out and you're getting mad at her girl be fucking for real I was so mad I loved all the football girlfriends so much like the fact that when she got in the accident, one of them was a nursing student and like popped yeah, up and was like, nobody fucking touch her. Like, cause you know, nursing students be in their bag when there's an injury. <laughs> so she- yes. And even Lisa said when the girl, the guy in the hallway was shoving his phone in Dusty's face, Lisa was like, I would have been in jail for aggravated assault if that happened to me. Yes. And like the guys were protective of her. And I, personally love, especially since she'd been through a fucking enough. I personally love that none of them really like hit on her or made her uncomfortable like how often in books do we just see actual friendships between men and women like they should be in real life you know what I mean so like I was thankful for that too like sister had been through enough when it comes to men and to other people in her life and like I'm glad that they could just be friends yeah I think so this kind of reminds me of um I'm really blanking on the offer um like Michaela smelt like her remember Jude like that series where like the guys could just be nice and be friends with the yeah. girls. Yeah. Like men ain't shit most of the time, but men are okay sometimes. And so I like when in books, sometimes men are okay. Yeah. I thought of this when you were talking about the cookbooks, because I don't think I recognize that the mom told him that she had cancer before she told anybody else. I don't think I would handle that well if my mom died and I found out that she had this close relationship with this other person I would be so like I don't think I would handle that well I also wouldn't handle it well and especially in this situation since Stone is a Reeves and like she already has all these feelings towards a Reeves like I wish that like the mom like even like when she was just like right about to die told Dusty yeah like this like I think because even if if that message that she like wrote, where where did the, the one that I read when she was like life is short like live forgive and like I'll be watching over both of you like she could have told Dusty that and I think that that would have really helped Dusty. Did you get to the letter after the epilogue and the author's I, notes in the back the, of the yearbook? The, the yearbook, yeah, wrecked me. I just. First of all, I think that that's such a beautiful sentiment that she's like, I've signed all your yearbooks. I have to sign them all. But it fucked me up on a deep and personal level. Yeah, I like cried multiple times reading this book. It's just like, again, how much can one person go through? Like, 
I think both of her parents died. And then also dealing with the guilt that her stepmom who like drove her bananas also died and like feeling like you could have done more with that relationship when she was alive. Like that's crushing. And then you get to this like sexual assault stalker scenario. It's just like thing after thing after thing. And so I'm glad that we get an epilogue where she is happy and she is safe. Yeah. She is okay. Like the, when she was struggling, she's like, do I fucking adopt my stepbrother? Like, what do I do? Like all these things. And then he used her. That was fucked up. That, okay, that got jumped over way too fucking quick. So quickly. I know. I was shook. I was like, what? <laughs> no, but, like, I was like, somebody needs to get her a big cocktail. She needs to go to an all-inclusive resort. She just needs to be on a private island for a little bit. Years of therapy. I've never met a female main character who needs therapy as so bad as Dusty girl. As Dusty, yep. Stop. So Dusty, I think Dusty is a G for trying to be with a family that ripped hers apart. Do you think you could forgive something like that? I don't know. Like skipping to them in the bonus epilogue, having his parents there who like she has such a complicated relationship with. I don't know, but you know that she won. Like her versus the mom, she's winning every time. Like Stone is going to prioritize her over everybody. Yeah, I think that's the only way that I could ever do that was if the man was like Stone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, it would be hard. I would have to really, really, really love, really love the guy. Yeah. And that would be so hard. I know. But also like constantly being around that family would just bring up the bad memory. It would be hard. I don't know. I'm like 50-50 on it. I'm also torn because it's like at this point you don't have well you have stone and you have your child so you have like your family that you've created but the family that you were like born into is no longer and so like is any mother figure or any father figure better than none like is having some grandparents better than having none I don't know yeah I don't know I think that that just tells you like how much of a like forgiving character she was that then you get to the bonus epilogue and she talks about like how she really struggles with this relationship and how she's really trying but like it is not perfect and it's probably never going to be perfect because when she um was working at the quail and she had to work the box she Mm -hmm. was like I literally served this woman like I was like beneath her and I was like that it was her no you don't think think the mom knew I do. I don't think so. Because when's the last time she saw Dusty and then Dusty did dye her hair? You know what, though? This is kind of like the Cinderella story. Like, you put a mask on and you're a completely different fucking person. Like, if you have blue hair, you still look like yourself. Yeah, and that's because one of the players recognized her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that the mom, because the mom, like, looked into her eyes and felt like had like a tip of her chin up like she was better because Dusty was serving her. I think that the mom knew that it was her. You think so? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. This was just like another complex dynamic. This so was just so good. It was so good. It had everything. Okay, getting into our favorite segment, how we view stone. I am absolutely going with Tim Riggins on this one. I think that he is probably the most even-keeled guy 97% of the time, unless he's on the field or someone fucks with you. Like, he is not quick to get angry, and he never yells. I think that he got a Tahoe the day that you found out you were pregnant and, like, read a baby book at night every night before you went to bed to study up. Super lighthearted and loves to joke around, but also takes serious stuff seriously. I think that he's going to start wearing glasses at like age 33 to 34 and looks ridiculously hot in them. Happiest in a pair of joggers and a hoodie. I can also see this man like shirtless behind like a potter's wheel to relieve some stress. Um, Gives a fuck ton of money to charity every every year anonymously, of course, and volunteers with at-risk boys and teens to play football with them, would never criticize your cooking, even if you burnt it to a literal crisp, and would do anything to make you smile. 
So I have been watching Quarterback on Netflix. Really mm. have been enjoying it. So he kind of, going on the Friday Night Lights theme, he kind of reminded me of Matt Saracen, like a Matt Saracen, Kirk Cousins kind of situation. Oh, I love Kirk Cousins. And um, he volunteers at charity events and is always on the red carpet. Like you said, I think he's a teddy bear unless somebody fucks with you or with him on the field, and that's when he'll lose his temper. I think he runs three miles in the morning. He always wears straight, like, Lululemon gear. And when he runs, he has a backwards hat. Like, he's always wearing a hat. Every time one of your friends has a baby, he gives them, like, the baby a tiny toy football. Whenever he is back in his hometown, he, like, will work the drive through at the local coffee shop, like, place. Or he'll help out at the grocery store. And he will always be your number one cheerleader, no matter how, like, crazy he thinks your ideas are. Like, this man loves his hometown, I think. Yeah, but not in the, like, cringy way. Like, he's not going to make you move back there. He just has, like, respect for his hometown. Yeah, like, he's in his high school's, like, Hall of Fame. For sure. So, getting into our last segment, we're going to get into the boyfriend pyramid. So, our scientifically boyfriend pyramid, at the bottom, you have friends with benefits. So, it could be a one-time thing, could be a situationship. Could be secret, could be public, just hooking up. Then you have meet the parents. You really could be the one, could not be the one. Might run into your parents at the grocery store and he invites him over. Then we have white picket fence where you have the happily ever after, the kids, the dogs, the minivan, and you're in the suburbs. And at the top of the pyramid, you have God tier where it is just the complete package with some added umph to it. So sad, where are you putting stone reeds? God tier. Back to back, two weeks in a row, but Stone is God tier, hundred percent. I'm putting him at white picket fence. That's fair. Yeah, you don't typically so the- love the football boys as much as you love the other sport boys. <laughs> yeah, it's like the hockey players and the psychos. <laughs> they go to God tier always, without hesitation. But like white picket fence, like you have the nice life. He's flying home immediately on the private jet after the games. He's not mm-hmm. waiting. Like. You guys have a happy life together. Yeah. I just love them so much. Like, I just want to be, I don't necessarily want to, like, be in the room while they're banging. Like, I have too much respect for them. But, like, I could be, like, a neighbor or, like, a child. Like, I they could be my parents. <laughs> Seth and I have been talking about boy names because we obviously have our girl name, but we don't have our boy name. And, like, six months ago, we thought of the name Stone because Stone Lowry is going straight to the fucking NFL. Like, that is such an NFL name. That's a good name. So this reinforces that for me. Um, I did learn that if my boyfriend and I get married and we have a kid in a Jewish tradition for eight days after the baby is born, nobody can know the baby's name. Because there's, like, a special, like, ceremony. It's called, like, the Brits. And that's, like, when, like, everybody will get to, like, meet the baby and then know the baby's name. Eight days, I'm going to have to keep that shit a secret. You aren't even going to tell me. Can you tell me before? Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, how the fuck do I keep this a secret for eight days? You're not going to be able to. And I hope that you can even tell me. <laughs> but, no, Stone Lowry is going to trade to the NFL. But this is the thing. I think if you want, if I ever want my son to go into the NFL, he's going as a kicker. Oh, this has been my my theory all along. Everybody knows as soon as my boy turns three years old, his ass is going to be out there kicking goals all day. And we yeah. are going straight to the top as a kicker. I think as soon as my kid turns three, I'm giving him a tennis racket. Oh, that's another good plan. Yeah, I think tennis. Tennis hockey traveling that would be a lot hockey has been ruled out vetoed by the family and so has football unless they're a kicker why oh like the head head yeah that's the same thing with like yeah with hockey that's fair unfortunately nope i want to have a little footballer a little football star with his little pads and his little helmet and i'm gonna have him kicking but here's the thing we're getting sidetracked i can cut this out but Seth really wants a girl so badly. And I think I really want a boy. Um, my mom read my palm and she said I'm not gonna have any girls, so oh my god. Well, if I have a girl, then they can fall in love. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, I would be fine with having like three boys and the last one. Like, I would love to be a girl mom, but it's not in my not in my future. Yeah, no, I think I would be such a good boy mom. I think you would. I think you would. Yeah, but I think you should, guys. I would love if you guys had, like, it be an older brother and then you guys have a girl. I only want one. You only want one. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a boy. Me too. Stone Lowry, he's gonna be out there kicking. <laughs> Also, like, Alex does not want any girls. Because he was like, when you have a boy, you only worry about, like, one penis. When you have a girl, you have to just worry about, like, men falling in love with her. It's so funny because I want a boy because girls are terrible. Like, being a girl and being a little brat and knowing how bad girls are is why I want a boy. Seth wants a girl because he thinks boys are terrible. And I'm like, oh, good. I, I, I'm crazy. I want four. Nope, couldn't be. <laughs> when my kids want to have siblings for a day, they can go to Auntie M's house yeah. and experience your fucking craziness with 12 <laughs> cats and four kids and probably some dogs, and they can go and have fun. And Got then the 12 cats. Back. You're going to have so many cats. Are you kidding me? No. You and those kids will come back with cats every time you see one on the side of the road. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. Okay, do you want to close it out? Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm about to just say bye. I love you. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully, you enjoyed Enemies by Tijan, Tegan, Tihan. We're not really sure. Um, if you hadn't read this author before, like us, it was a great introduction to their work and we will be digging deeper. We unfortunately will not have an episode for you all next week because Emily is once again going under the knife to get her deviated septum fixed. So she will be a little out of it and we're not going to make her read anything or record. So we will see you all the week after. And we're going to do Butcher and Blackbird by Bren Weaver. It's supposed to be like a spooky rom-com situation. Neither of us have read it. So two weeks from now, that could not be the case of what we're covering. But for now, that's what we're saying we're going to do. Okay, bye guys. We hope you guys enjoy this episode and we'll see y'all in two weeks. Everyone send Emily well wishes. Thank you. Bye.